Hey out there folks, it's your shit host of Between the Profound and the Profane, and leader of this strange thing we call the bonushours.com. Uh, we're running a little bit behind this week, there's been a lot of shit going on, we're trying to rebuild, trying to reshape, trying to get our ducks back in a row, start the summer growth, start some new shows. We're running a little bit more behind schedule than we ever planned, but such are the plans of all mice and men. But I'm not here to fucking bore you with crap paraphrased quotes from books you read in English Lit in the 11th grade. I'm, I'm here to tell you that since we didn't have a normal episode of BTPTP this week between the profound and the profane, that's our number one podcast here on thebonushours.com, which you can pick up on iTunes and all your favorite podcatchers right now, Between the Profound and the Profane, the only podcast where three best friends and professional amateurs from a little town called Spring, Texas, bring you all the weirdest shit they can handle. Friendly advice, friendly stories, friendly conversation. Between the Profound and the Profane, get to know your friends. So since we're not doing a normal episode of that show, this show, uh, this week, I decided to give you a very, very special uh, shit review of the movie Wonder Woman, which was just released um, this most recent weekend. I'm sitting here on my floor at 2.40 in the morning um, on a Tuesday. So I just saw it this Sunday. I'm a little bit late as far as the internet's concerned, but, you know, fuck the internet. What have you guys ever done for me? So, without further ado, no, that's goodbye. Without further ado, um, this is it. This is uh, my review of the Wonder Woman movie. And if you enjoy this, perhaps I can do some more shit like this. Hell, maybe I will even if you don't. Are you paying me? I don't think so. Take it away, me! I guess I should also probably add um, spoilers. Just just spoilers forever. It's it's good. It's going to be a problem. I I I don't I, I don't exactly think that you should be reading or listening to reviews if you've never seen it. Like, it's going to be spoiler. Just deal with it. Don't listen if you haven't fucking seen the movie or don't want to be spoiled. Got it? Spoiler. Spoiler. Spoilers. 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 I almost pissed myself. Didn't use the slow bits to catch a minute's sleep. A shit review. I'm not one for the theater experience. You know, I love art of the visual storytelling and enjoying it with a room full of strangers accompanied by a handful of close relations, making myself ill on lukewarm butter-drenched popcorn and candy. As much as anyone who is, or once ever was, an American kid, I just don't go to the theater often. 
And on an all-too-common rainy Sunday, I was awarded the chance to see Wonder Woman with a couple of my favorites. The lines were backed up, the popcorn had a mid-afternoon staleness, and we all buzzed with the same energy. If this movie isn't better than Batman 5, Superman, Martha's Justice, these internet jackals, and the sharks at WB won't let another Wonder Woman get made. In fact, the trough feeders of internet comment sections and the industry as a whole will never let a lady put on a superhero costume again. And having Diana Prince and this director shoulder the weight of all women is just misogynistic. Just before the crowd could be whipped into a torch-bearing frenzy, about the unjust nature of an industry in which traditionally male movies can inarguably be terrible for three and a half movies and still spawn an eight-film franchise that, through Vin Diesel and The Rock's magic, retroactively makes the first three good, and yet had to wait until 2017 to get a movie based on the third biggest name in comics just because some asshole made a movie and named it Catwoman in 2004, we were let into the theater. It was a packed house, but we had optimal seats. How much does it cost for a local business to run a commercial on the opening roll at the cinema? Are all megachurches bankrolled by the CIA, or just the ones in Texas? You know, you can't ask trivia questions about the 1997 movie Batman and Robin paired with a minimalist rendering of Chris O'Donnell and George Clooney and have the answer be Batman and Robin. You know, I've been part of this family that brought me here for a few years, and we've made the trailer roll twice. This this was the second time. I really don't want to see Nolan bloviate on World War II, and the rest of the trailer seemed to be mostly forgettable trash. I'm not that interested in the Justice League trailer. Uh, the, the past few movies haven't really ingratiated themselves to much forgiveness for Justice League to be any good. And then Aquaman said, I dig it, and I hate him more than ever. I really want to give this Barry Allen a chance. I hope the movie allows me to. Bruce Wayne making self-aware jokes is pretty refreshing. Not as good as Lego Batman's self-aware jokes, but still pretty refreshing. They forced me to watch another Spider-Man trailer. I've seen more than enough, and I, I, I think I was avoiding this one. It's the best trailer so far, and I wish it was the only one I had seen. I wish it was the only one they'd released, and I'm going to blame this on Sony, not Marvel, because I'm that kind of a shit fanboy. I may have clapped and bounced when Spider-Man stopped the bike thief. This was the longest trailer slate I've ever sat through. It feels twice as long as the normal 15 minutes. And the movie finally starts, and I'm assaulted by the smell of movie theater nachos and the distracting man eating them. I, I think he might have had a, a few too many beers, I'm not exactly sure, but he's... He, he continues to respond to the screen as if it's expecting communication, and I nearly puke. The film opens with a rushed scene in a Greek god's secret fashion mogul weapon armory with a clunky voiceover narration. I almost puke. Themyscaria is beautifully shot, and I'm, I'm trapped by its color palette, telling... The backstory as a quick bedtime fairy tale by way of psychedelic dancing renaissance painting was a cool trick to get that out of the way. 
and most of the Themyscira feels kind of rushed too. The whole of uh, the whole of the miscreants, the whole of the island, the whole of the Amazonian homeworld. Uh, it goes by like a montage, uh, just real quick scenes. Uh, one of the worst child actresses I've ever actually seen. Um, the Amazons are all pretty cool. I like them. I don't know what accents they're trying to pull off. It goes by too quick. It feels like the Karate Kid montage. It feels uh, like like the Rocky montage. It, it's just a little bit of music, a little bit of dialogue, and speed through these these actually training uh, sessions. And that, that is until Captain Picard crashes a German aeroplane into the surf and Wonder Woman leaps to his handsome rescue. Nacho Man cheers at this point, with a mouthful of chips and cheese and that nasty water salsa that they give you in those motherfucking things. And that is the moment Wonder Woman became president. So a bunch of German soldiers, a bunch of German soldiers, um, are, are chasing after Steve Trevor for crimes like being Chris Pine, overdue library books, piloting a German craft without a German license, causing a nuisance, conspiracy to incite a riot, uh, carpet bombing important death technology. And this is where you meet the two most gleefully and joyously evil villains this side of springtime for Hitler. Dollface and Viceroy Lichtenstein Deutsch played by Dr. Poison and the guy who looks like he always plays evil Nazi guy, but also looks sort of like Dr. Walter Bishop from Fringe. The obvious yet necessary theft and crashing of the German biplane leads to the showcase of the first act, which is this beautifully shot action battle scene on, on this beach where a bunch of badass Amazon ladies start murdering a bunch of World War I German troops on and from on horseback. And by that I mean they 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 go from murdering German soldiers while on horseback and then continue murdering them as they leap into the air from on horseback and continue to murder them as they land. It is a competently shot action scene, action scene in it. The way that the women move, the way that it's uh, shot, you don't feel the impact of the violence as you do in a really well-shot action scene, but it has the graceful tenor of a ballet or a dance. The Amazonian fight culture shines in this beach scene, um, with more distractingly built beautiful power women than the Germans can handle. And then there's the obligatory bondage scene, where you, you are getting the backstory of how Chris Pine got here. Watching the sincerely sweet chemistry build between Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman was natural and wonderful and believable. Not all of the jokes land, but, but they are all sincere. There's no Hot Topic t-shirt fodder here like there was in um, some other Academy Award-winning DC films. It's just some pretty clever back and forth between a rogue spy and a magically powerful princess of a land of all warrior women. You know, natural. And I bought it. Once they make it to London, the engine is running, and the movie knows where it's headed. It's really starting to pick up now. 
and Nacho Man and his ki- his four kids are just so into it at this point. It was really nice to see these, these a man and four male children be just cheering for this Wonder Woman movie. So I remember all of the side characters and, and the memorable lines or moments that we had with them, Sammy, Charlie, Chief, Etta. They're all really great, really real characters. Um, I, I, I believe them a lot more than I believed everybody but Bucky in the first Captain America movie. And this war feels real, um, which is really weird to say about a superhero flick. But the war in this movie feels so much more prescient prescient than the war in the first Avenger, that first Captain America movie, where it it does feel like you're you're standing in the trenches, you're 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 breathing this mustard gas with them. It it feels real. These people are dying around you. It's not so much of the soundstage war uh, that happened in the Captain America, where you're just going through World War Two again, you know. And that might be because it is World War One. It might be uh, we don't get to see World War One so much. Um, but I, I would rather say that it, it's it's the directing. Patty Jenkins, I think that's her name. It, it's the directing of this movie that just it, it reality seeps in in the war scenes. Um, and that's in a movie that's coupled with a pretty woman shopping montage that actually also very much works, and it all works together during this part, um, during the, these scenes as they all kind of flow together. There is no heavy-handed moralizing in the trenches. It just the hard reality of death and not death, because you can't quite call the trenches living. Steve Trevor's kind of explaining all of this. You know, he, he's, he's our eyes and mouth in this adventure, this epic romp through wartime France. So Wonder Woman tells him, you know, fuck you, and, and goes wandering into no man's land with her sword and her shield, and I got to watch my adult girlfriend and her adulter mother glow with giddiness and, and a small cry. The No Man's Land scene in Wonder Woman, for the two of them, and I'm betting for a lot of women, is equivalent to the he's just a kid train scene in Spider-Man 2, which almost brings a tear to my eye just, just thinking about it, just writing this review, just thinking about that scene. It, it brings a tear to my eye every time. I I love... That scene, I love Spider-Man, if you couldn't tell by my earlier comment on the stupid trailer for the new one. So I cried a little bit at the No Man's Land scene, just watching the two of these women finally get that thing, that that moment from a movie that I've taken for granted. You know, crying at a superhero movie because you're a huge dork and your real heroes were all douchebags and mortals deep down. You see that? Whoa! That's Nacho Man. He's having the time of his fucking life down there with his kids. And the only thing more distracting than him is the woman sitting behind him and directly beside me shushing him. You know, I I really think that nobody should be able to take away your enjoyment of a movie, even if you're a little bit too loud for them. As long as you're enjoying it and not being a dick. Shut up! You're you're not helping by shh-ing throughout the movie. Um, I honestly think that we should have talking theaters instated. Just 
talking optional theaters where I can go in and talk shit about bad movies that I don't enjoy or talk to people about how much I'm enjoying this particular movie. Uh, but I grew up in a place where talking in theaters was just something we all did. That's beside the point. The moral of the movie starts to really show itself at this point. Mankind is short-sighted and prone to violence. Humanity is short-sighted and prone to beautiful abandon. It, it, there's, these, it, there's this real sweet moment of singing and dancing and first snowfalls and falling in love that follows a really sweet scene where a woman in a tiara smashes a steeple on top of a deadly sniper with her thighs. And you can draw your own conclusions about the imagery of that one. It, it, it was brilliant. The human moments are what make this movie shine. We get another quiet moment, and I get to decide I'm going to like this movie no matter what it does to me. Which I'm lucky I did. Because the third act really went a little beyond itself for me. Uh, not a deal breaker, a nitpick at worst. And... I wish they would have taken the risk at best. After the third act turn in which humanity is wiped out by Dr. Poison's people-melting gas, our, our hero finds the god she has been looking for and murders the fuck out of his cocaine-snorting German face. She doesn't understand why the, why the war machine keeps churning. She doesn't understand why... The war keeps happening. It should have stopped when she killed um, Cocaine Snorting God of War. And Steve Trevor has to, like, pull her aside and, and tell her, like, you can't kill one guy and stop stop all war. People aren't that good. It's more complicated than that. I'm more complicated than that. I've done terrible things. We've all done terrible things. You can't stop all evil in the world by taking one person down and i i love i love that sentiment it's a different kind of sentiment to to bring into a superhero movie in which it is so black and white and i really wish i i wish they could have ended it from there they could have started to wrap it up from there but no, they, they slap armor on Remus Lupin, and we get a good old-fashioned god battle. And it's messy, and it's seizure-inducing, and it's anticlimactic, and it's boring, and it kind of subverts the message that was just given to us. But it does contain one of the greatest, truest statements of our day. When a man turns to a woman and says, I can save the day but you can save the world. And a German soldier is so happy to be alive, he, he hugs the men he was fighting only moments ago. And it was... it was good. And the movie ends with me not caring about the clunky voiceover and freeze-frame shot in order to go to relieve myself of the double-barrel fountain drink I'd finished before the Germans were even bleeding on the sands of an Amazonian beach. So, it ends like a superhero movie leading you into a second one. It was good. It was pretty good. It was it was a competently made movie. It was I I I sat having to hold my goddamn piss for most of the fucking movie. Didn't take a break, 
didn't take a nap. If that says anything about anything. I mean, shit. I slept through the dark night. Yeah. Yeah, I slept through the part of the dark night where all the bombs are going off. Mm-hmm. So if that tells you anything about the movie. I mean, I don't do ratings, but just go fucking see it. Take your wife or girlfriend or mom or sister or best friend or aunt or grandma or neighbor down the street or hell, just buy them all tickets and send all of them without you. I mean, one of them loves Wonder Woman, and if she don't, she will now. And then take your boys out to see it. I mean, Nacho Man did. And all six of them loved it. 